Hey everyone, Mundo here. If you would like to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash crimeandcourtusa. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Crime and Court USA. I'm recording this on September 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Mundo Carrillo. Hope you guys are doing well out there. There's something that I have to acknowledge right at the top, and that is that Crime and Court USA has been downloaded in a total of 21 countries, which is crazy because this show is specifically about stuff that happens in America. So to all my foreign listeners, man... I love y'all. I really appreciate y'all listening week in and week out. And to all my American listeners, of course I appreciate you guys. I'm sure there are a lot of you who have listened to every single episode. And for that, I am very thankful. So much appreciated to you guys. Anyways, this week, I would like to dig into the disappearance and death of Gabby Petito. This case has captured the nation and it's captured me as well. So uh, let's just get right into it. Petito and her boyfriend, 23-year-old Brian Laundry, and Petito is 22, left New York in a converted van earlier this summer and documented their visits to national parks in the western United States on social media and on YouTube. Their plan was to get to Oregon by late October, but Brian returned to his parents' house in Florida on September 1st without Gabby, and Gabby's parents reported her missing on September 11th. Brian and his family refused to speak to authorities and instead referred all questions to their lawyer. And this, of course, led to a search for Gabby. On September 29th, that was this last Sunday, police found human remains that fit Gabby's description at a campground in Wyoming. And on Tuesday, September 21st, the FBI confirmed that the remains were in fact Gabby's and that the coroner had ruled Gabby's death as a homicide, meaning that she was killed by another person the official cause of death has yet to be determined. I don't know what kind of evidence the coroner found. That could be anything from strangulation, blunt force trauma, other kind of wounds. Just There was something to indicate that she was killed by another person. And as of this recording, an underwater dive team was sent to the Carlton Reserve in Florida to look for Brian, who has not been seen since September 14th. And although this couple seemed sweet on social media, their relationship seemed to be toxic in real life. The two had met in high school and have been described as childhood sweethearts, but as we are about to find out, things were just not as they seemed. Okay, so the first instance that things were not great came on August 12th when someone called police in Utah because Gabby and Brian were fighting outside of a store. The witness said that he saw Brian grab Gabby's face and that he saw Gabby climbing through the driver's side window of the van presumably because she was locked out. And um, yeah, the police caught up with them a little bit later. Uh, an officer started tailing them according to a to body cam video that was made public. You could you guys could go check that out if you guys want. The officers uh, tailing them, like I said, you know, it looks like he might be ready to pull them over. And then all of a sudden the van swerves and hit the curb. So that's when the officer decides to finally pull them over. And I watched all 75 minutes of that dash cam, or sorry, that body camera video. So uh, here is what I saw. So he gets to the passenger side window, the officer does, and Gabby is crying. She tells the officer that they've been having personal issues. 
So that's when the officer tells Gabby to get out of the, the car and he starts asking her questions about what's going on and all that. That's when she tells him that she quit her job as a nutritionist to travel the country in her van and start a blog. Later on, Brian tells the officer that he hit the curb because Gabby grabbed the wheel. She actually told the officer that he swore because she was punching him in the arm and she never said that she grabbed the wheel. She, she denied that. And Brian, he does seem nervous and fidgety during this encounter. That prompts the officer to ask if he's on any kind of medication. Brian says no. And then the officer asks, well, why are you so hyper then? And Brian said that the flashing lights from the police car made him nervous. The officer did notice scrapes and other signs of battery on Brian. And they figured the officers, there was an officer who arrived on scene as well as a, as a park ranger because they were on a, oh shoot, where were they? I think Arches National Park. So there were park rangers there as well. They kind of determined that he said Gabby grabbed the wheel instead of punched him so that she wouldn't be charged with any kind of domestic battery. They later on determined that Gabby was sort of the aggressor and that she should be charged. And the officer who initially pulled him over was going to charge Gabby with domestic battery. Now in Utah, as the officer describes in the video, that would have required the couple to have been separated for the night. But they weren't from the area. They were from New York. They didn't really know anybody there, so they couldn't just call someone for a place to crash. And if they couldn't find a way to be separated, then Gabby would have to spend a night in jail. So that kind of caused a, a predicament for really everyone involved. At the end of the day, the officer decided not to charge Gabby. And you can see the officers on scene, they sort of have an interesting conversation about, you know, domestic violence. Usually the man is the aggressor, right? In this case, the woman was the aggressor. And they have, again, just an interesting conversation about whether she should be charged. I mean, they assume she's about, you know, just a hair over 100 pounds and she, she looks pretty tiny and, you know, <laughs> not maybe not much of a threat to anybody. No offense to Gabby. But um, yeah, so they... The, the one officer, he looks like maybe he's a sergeant or something. I don't know. He, he's kind of talking and kind of carrying himself like he was in charge or something. But uh, I, I, I don't know for sure. So that that's all speculation. But he's like, hey, man, we shouldn't really charge this, this tiny girl with uh, with domestic battery. I mean, look at her. I don't want to throw her in jail. And, you know, he even says, like, society can judge me for saying that. But I don't think this, you know, this young woman should be charged. So finally, the officer who pulled him over decides not to charge Gabby. But... He does want them to be separated for the night. So the officer gives Brian a ride to a hotel and Gabby actually takes the van. There was actually talks of Brian possibly staying in a shelter as a victim of domestic violence, but he ended up staying in a hotel. Gabby took the van and they were specifically instructed not to have any communication with each other that night, not even through text, through through anything, who knows that they actually did that, right? Gabby wasn't charged, so that wasn't like, the officer couldn't legally like tell him not to contact each other. He just didn't want them to contact each other at all uh, because there was a, a domestic thing going on between them. So he just wanted them to cool off for the night, you know, talk to each other in the morning, so on and so forth. So again, that was on August 12th that that happened. Now they have a YouTube channel called Nomadic Static. And the one and only video was published on August 17th which was five days after that encounter with police. Gabby also documented the trip on her Instagram page with her last post coming on August 25th. Brian's Instagram page mostly has art and his last post was on August 13th, I believe at one of those national parks they were visiting and his last post was again the 13th, the day after that police encounter. So moving forward, Brian returned to his parents' house in Northport, Florida with the van, but without Gabby, 
as I said before, him and his parents refused to speak with the investigators. They refused to cooperate with the investigation into Gabby's disappearance. But I guess his parents did actually tell cops something because they apparently told police that Brian told them that he was going to hike in the 24,000-acre Carlton Reserve in Florida by himself and that they had last seen him on September 14th. Flash forward a few days, and on September 29th, Gabby's, or a body, as of right now, it was just a body, that, that fit Gabby's description, was found in a campground in the Bridger Teton, oh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, the Bridger Teton National Forest in Wyoming. On August 27th, a couple of vloggers captured footage of the van at the campground, and they uh, th- this footage apparently helped investigators kind of locate the location i'm sure this area if it's a national forest i'm I'm sure it's huge and you know very hard to search for somebody in that forest so apparently this footage captured by a couple of bloggers really helped narrow down the location the bloggers reported not seeing anyone in the van or really anyone in the area in fact they said it looked like it was kind of deserted now the following day on monday september 20th the parents i'm sorry the fbi searched brian's parents home and seized a ford mustang and other items from the house including a bunch of electronics, hard drives, a lot of stuff like that. That same day, the Laundry family lawyer, Stephen Bertolino, announced that there would be a press conference at 1 p.m. on Long Island, New York, on September 21st. And he later canceled that press conference that evening after speaking with the FBI, several media outlets had reported. Now let's take a look at that Northport police affidavit, affidavit sorry, <laughs> that, the, uh, that the officers used to search Brian's parents' house. According to that affidavit, Gabby and Brian left New York in about mid-June, and texts between Gabby and her mother indicate that there was growing tension between the couple. Gabby's mother got a weird text from her on August 27th that made her worried, and it was the last communication she ever had with Gabby. That last message read, quote, Can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. End quote. Stan is the name of Gabby's grandfather, but... Gabby had never referred to him by that name, so this made Gabby's mom pretty worried. And after that, her Gabby's phone stopped working and she stopped posting on social media, which again, the family also said was weird. This affidavit goes on to say that the police in Moab, Utah, and in Northport were worried about her mental health because she was suffering from a lot of anxiety. And now when I really think about the, the police video from Utah, yeah, she just... It doesn't look like she's she's in a good place mentally with the relationship with with her the situation. I mean, you watch it and you know knowing what happened now, you just really wish she would have just gone home. You know what I mean? She just did not look like they both. I mean, the, the relationship looked toxic. She looked like she wasn't having fun anymore. I'm sure she started this trip. They both started this trip with you know trying to go on a grand adventure. You know, starting a new life. You know, she quit her job. You know what I mean? That's not something I could relate to. I quit my job early this year to start something, something all my own, right? So, yeah, but, you know, I'm sure she was trying to push forward with it, but she didn't look like she was in a good place. And unfortunately, she was found dead by homicide. So as of right now, the death is being ruled a homicide and Brian is still missing. So I got to be honest with you guys. I didn't think I was going to cover this story at first. Uh, a friend of mine actually put it on my radar last week as I was recording last week's episode. So it was too late to talk about it last week at that point. Right. But, um, yeah, he put it on my radar. He sent me an article and, um, you know, I, uh, I said, no, if I wanted to do another a story about a missing white girl, uh, let's be honest, right. Let's, let's just talk about the race thing right away. Um, you know, another missing white girl, 
you know, people care more about missing white girls and missing women of color. And, you know, at the time I was thinking, you know, I didn't want to really feed into that and stuff and not knowing, not knowing a whole lot about the story back then. Right. But I did start looking into the story and I was like, oh, yeah, this this is pretty interesting. I, I am going to get into this. And yeah, this, this whole episode's about it today. But um, yeah, I, you know, it is very interesting, you know, the disappearance, their whole relationship, interactions with the cops. I mean, this this case really did grab the nation's attention. But with that said, you know, I saw a lot of people online complaining about well, why is this case getting so much attention, but cases about other missing women of color don't get as much attention. And I think back on a that Patrice O'Neill stand-up bit, rest in peace to Patrice O'Neill. But one of his old episodes, one of his old stand-up specials, he did a whole bit on on this, on how people care more about missing white women or, or white women in general than than other kind of women. And you know, he says something about white women are valuable or something. I don't know. I don't want to ruin the bit, but it was so true. I mean, we as a, as a society, I mean, we see a, a missing young white girl and we, we lose our minds. I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, no one should go missing. A heart goes out to, to Gabby's family and all that. This, this is very tragic, but, and I don't think anyone was arguing that this shouldn't be covered, but the argument was, why is this covered so heavily and other cases just aren't? And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have the answer to that. I, I will tell you this though. I started covering this because I, I found it very interesting and it was, um, something that people cared about. This was a very big story. And I guarantee you, I, I promise you, that the reason other big national media outlets covered this was because there was a lot of public interest in this story. You know what I mean? Reporters don't cover things that people don't care about. I mean, they want their stories to be read. They want their stories to be watched, whatever kind of media they're in. I mean, they want people to pay attention. And sure enough, people were paying attention to this case. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I don't know, you could say I'm, I'm part of the problem by talking about this case and not talking about other cases of women of color, especially since I'm a Hispanic man, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, the truth is, again, people just care more about, you know, the, the missing white girl cases. And maybe it's time to hold the mirror up to ourselves as a society and ask, why do we care about missing, about young missing white women and, and not you know, other missing people. Maybe I could do better as a journalist to cover other missing person cases or other murdered women cases. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on it. Get at me. Get at me on Twitter, at Mundo Cario. <laughs> That's about all for this week. Check out the Facebook page, Crime and Court USA. Check out the Twitter page. I created a Twitter page for the show too. So that's at Crime and Court. Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Crime and Court USA. Throw me a few bucks a week. It helps out, especially now I got to say, you know, I really want to get some public records, get some public documents and stuff, but that stuff costs money, you guys. And uh, so your help on Patreon w- would go a long way in helping me get some public documents, especially federal public documents that are published in federal court. They're like 10 cents a page or something silly. So yeah. If you guys count me out, man, I would greatly appreciate it. But of course, I do appreciate you guys just listening. Share the podcast with your friends. Share it with your enemies, man. Make amends. You know what I'm saying? Leave a nice review on iTunes if you can. I will catch you guys next week. My name is Mundo, and I'm out. Peace.